Cool. Um, but yeah, no, I'm outside of uh, Dallas. I've been here for shoot. I don't know, 15, 16 years. Uh, and you're in Pacific time. So what area are you in? I am just outside of LA. Well, I'm just outside of Joshua tree. Actually. It's like a little area called Yucca Valley. Okay. Um, I've heard of that. Just before Joshua tree. Got it. And how long have you been out there? been out here for about three years now um mm-hmm. i moved to the states like 11 years ago to la and so uh being out in the old desert for like three years now where where'd you move from i'm originally from south africa oh um, yeah so um haven't quite lost my accent yet but maybe a little bit south africans will tell you i sound very american strangely enough really well i i honestly like i know northeastern accents and i know southern accents but that's about it and i don't even know if i have an accent uh all my texas accent really is just me saying y'all and that's about it yeah you i guess you sound like texasy i guess i don't know maybe i don't know maybe maybe not who knows i mean i don't know how many texans you've met i mean i don't even i don't think i don't think california many all right well i don't know how i compare but uh yeah (laughs) well i i i appreciate you uh doing this with us um when i was uh chatting with uh steph he was um you know telling me he's like dude you guys should interview we are pigs and i'm like that'd be cool you know and then uh he was like Yo, so I totally uh, reached out to her for you, and she's totally down. So I was like, dope. So Dude, uh, that's, what, that's what this is all about. Like, there really is, like, with no, like, there is no we are pigs without you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like that's the whole whole vibe of it and the whole the whole energy of collaborating and, and meeting people and, mm-hmm. and enjoying each other's music. Right. And that's what Steph and I talked about briefly on his episode that just came out this week. Um, And, you know, he talked about how it's like, you know, you can't ever just expect anything to just happen, right? Like you got to put yourself out there. You got to, uh, you know, try things and and then collaboration just doesn't happen because you want it to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's, you meet someone or you do something. One of the things he said, he was like, you know, he's like, a piece of advice that I tried to live by is, you know, never just expect anything, like do something first, you know, offer something first. And then, you know, maybe something will come from it. And he kind of talked about how you guys and him were able to, to kind of do that collaboration because he did that remix and sent it to you guys and you guys dug it. And then, from there they actually you know he went and actually created the the official yeah which was sweet i mean and that's and that's how that happens you know yeah it really does i think like a lot of like i think before like the first thing that introduces you to anybody is really kind of what what kind of human you are Mm -hmm. you know and i think that makes a big difference you know it's like throughout my 20 something years of being in the music industry, like the majority of the people I've met are have been amazing, but there's some really shitty people in the music industry, you know? 
Um, but but I think you you know there really is like there's a testament to um, who you are as a human. You know when people say yes to doing stuff with you. Uh, because they know that you are first of all a good person second of all you work really hard and third they want to be a part of something cool you know so um, I, I definitely think just being a good human you know with, with everything with social media and what the world projects is just it's so gross most of the time you know so I think it's it's really nice to remove yourself from that and just be like you know, all that really matters is is how I'm treating other humans. Yeah, you know? and, and people really do see that. And and Steph, I think is a great example of that. You know, he's someone that you know we we just I don't even know how we connected on Coffee and Sugar. He may have commented or liked one. No, he 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 followed us by Steph G official, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That seems official. So I went yeah. and actually looked at his. Uh, his uh, Spotify. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. So we actually saw that he's put out a new song. I think he may have DM DM'd us. And then we shared uh, the remix that he did with y'all. Oh, um, so and cool. he was, and he was just so appreciative. He was just like, y'all are so awesome. Y'all are so great. Thank you so much. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every so often, you know, we'll, we will uh, DM and he'll, he'll like our post and, you know, it's, it's that kind of interaction where it's like, there's genuine connection there. And, and then that's why I reached out to him. I was like, yo, let's get on the podcast and just, totally. let's just chat because he just, he, you know, and I have never talked to anybody from Italy. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, right? and, and, and again, he's just a very genuine person. He told me that he's like, you know, if anybody ever comments on our posts and I, I always or on my post, he said, um, I always try to comment and reply back to them just so that they know I heard them, you know? Yeah. Um, he's like, it, it's, he's like, it sucks when I see pe- you know, people I really listen to and enjoy and, and follow that, you know, they don't ever interact with their fans. And that doesn't, doesn't show that I guess you care about your fans. And he's like, I always want my fans to know that, you know, I, I hear them. I, you know, and I appreciate all their support. And I was like, that's so, that's so totally awesome. Good. He's, he's totally a great guy. Yeah. And so you're right. I mean, it's the people that make up, you know, the industry that are good people and just want to do things with people that are doing some cool things. Well, thanks, Steph, for connecting us. Yay! Yeah. Shout out to Steph. <laughs> Guy's the man. Um, and, you know, on the flip side of that, though, there's a lot of people that, you, like you said, are just not great people. And it's always driven by ego you know, and I see that a lot. I'm a photographer, a concert photographer here in the Dallas area. And, you know, it's, you see people that are just like, I don't know, what's the word trying to milk as much as they can. Right. Um, try to portray like they're better than everyone else. And it's like, yo, we're all trying to do the same thing. Like we're we're all here doing the same thing. (laughs) So, no, I mean, the music industry is crazy. I, you said you've been doing it for 20 years? Yep. I, uh, I signed my first record deal in South Africa when I was 12. Wait, um, 12? <laughs> okay, well, all right. So let's, how did that happen? Um, I, uh, I grew up in the church, like super religious, like religious 
like organized religion kind of happy clappy vibe you know and i i'm definitely not uh i i do not believe in any kind of organized religion anymore i i think there's huge problems with it and, and coming from it i see a lot of holes and flaws with it but you know it was i learned everything that i know about music from being in the church so i have a lot of gratitude um, for that organization for you know teaching me how to uh how to put a melody together teaching me how to play the drums teaching me how to play the guitar teaching me how to sing teaching me how to do backing vocals you know so that um institution has really set me up for success in terms of like how do you organize a song you know because these are things that you don't like maybe don't come naturally to to people or maybe it seems foreign so you know rooted in me from from a really young age has been uh has been music and understanding of music and um yeah so I did I had like a Christian record out and it's it's really cute and terrible um <laughs> nobody shall ever see it or find it uh and then you know I just I guess you jump beyond that and uh uh, when I when I was around about 18 or 19 years old I I saw the light and came to the dark side uh, <laughs> and 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 I guess you know from from there so it's it's been long you know I, I spent 10 years uh, in South Africa playing in in a number one selling band um, the the band was called Stealing Love Jones it was kind of like a Avril Lavigne kind of thing I guess and then um, the band, I brought the band over to the States and it failed horribly. Uh, and, you know, so, so I kind of organically uh, transitioned into the producer songwriter role. And uh, for the past 10 years in the States, I've been producing and writing music for a lot of bands and artists. And uh, obviously, you know, being a performer and an artist is is in my DNA more than anything. So during the pandemic, I was like, man, all of my friends that I've made over the past 20 years of being in the music industry, nobody's touring. Everyone's got time. Now's the now's the time to hit everybody up for collabs, you know? So uh, so that's kind of, I, I'd started We Are Pigs around 2018. I started writing um, songs. Um, but we we birthed it in at the beginning of of 2020 um, with the cover of Slipknot's Duality, and then uh, and then just started dropping other collabs from there. So long story longer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I just saw Slipknot uh, when they came through Dallas. Dude, uh, they are so. For the first time I've I ever saw them. I had no idea what to expect. I was like, okay, you know, I, I know they're going to be good, but they, the, the curtain flew up and I had never seen a stage set up like that in my life. And I, I, I like to think I've been to a lot of concerts, yeah. but that was the most abstract, coolest setup with the different layers and levels and people, you know, playing. I was just like, whoa. 
like they're definitely super theatrical and and in general I'm like not that into like super theatrical stuff but I just think from a marketing point of view they are complete geniuses you know and that's kind of like where where the we are pigs uh moniker kind of came from and and you know why I have the animated characters with pig heads and the masks and Mm. I was just like these guys are like they know what's up because here's the thing is they can be 70 years old and they can just be wearing a mask and they can be rocking as hard and people will think they're 18 Mm -hmm. you know and and in a world where where people are not kind to anybody aging to be honest, I think it's like, it's so dope that these guys are like, and it probably wasn't something that they thought about in the time where they were like, we're going to be marketing geniuses right. and we're going to wear masks, you know, but it's like, uh-huh. it, it means that they never age. They never age themselves uh-huh. and their music just stays consistent and timeless. It's fucking yep. brilliant. It's genius. Yeah, that, that honestly is brilliant. And I mean, like you find yourself just staring at the masks, you know, it's like, like Corey Taylor's mask on this tour is just like creepy. It's creepy as fuck. And I'm just like, yo, I can't stop looking at your eyes. You know, it, it's just like, <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, no. And then, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. My, my marketing genius is for sure. And, you know, you, you, I mean, we know what Corey Taylor looks like, but like when he's on stage, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter what he looks like. It's it's Slipknot. That's who's playing right now, and we're gonna we're gonna sit here and, and watch it happen. So it and was. Those are the nicest dudes. They're the nicest dudes too. Like um, James Root actually like he DM'd me on Instagram, mm. and he was like he was like I love what you've done with the cover. He's he's like it take it's art within itself that you can reinvent somebody's art. He's like that he's like kudos to you for being able to take a song which is which so many people have so many opinions about you know and make it completely mm. new and fresh and original and whether it's good or not that doesn't really matter because the song's so dope you know right right no and that's cool i mean i think the the best thing that i think i've experienced with this whole coffee and sugar thing and a little bit of background we started coffee and sugar during 2020 because there was absolutely nothing to do right, right. it's like everyone's only connecting via zoom and and whatnot and um we my me and a guy named mo uh morgan he he and i what's what's funny is his last name sugars and my last name's kaufman and so that's where the coffee coffee and sugar come from so it kind of worked out and we were just like what you did there "Mm -hmm." yeah yeah people think we're a coffee brand so it's we're gonna have to work on our marketing and, and stuff a little bit but um but yeah so it was just like nothing to do let's share music like let's kind of see where this goes and just focus on music that we're interested in and and it just kind of went and we started getting that was what i'm getting at is like the interaction you get with the artists that you grew up listening to like when they like your stuff or they share it to their story or whatever it's like oh that's that was worth it you know like this this is worth it because you're 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 it's like phones connect us to everyone right so you you just you you feel that connection between you and like you know just just this past uh past week we uh shared a um you know it it was a meme and it was me from high school uh with my like emo hair and uh it was like the blink one a2 meme uh we came or uh uh, my chemical romance red jumpsuit apparatus and fallout boy 
and we tagged all the bands in the post and blink when a2 just straight up liked the post and i was just like sweet wow. so yeah. now they know what emo coffee looks like from high school and honestly i'm cool with that you know so that's 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 what i enjoy the most about coffee and sugar is just being able to uh have that slight interaction with those those artists that you grew up listening to and that you love and you know and with the podcast right like i'm hoping that we can take this to a level where we're we're able to interview mark hoppus or you know gerard way from my chemical romance right like i i bet you will uh hey we have made it this far and uh you know after we made it past the year mark i was like okay we can do this there's there's nothing stopping us it's not like uh we're wasting time you know everything's on our time so really awesome that's the same thing with music though it's like who's on a time constraint to really i have to write this song i have to do this right it's like you're doing it because you enjoy it Mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean here's the thing is like it's always really tough for me to I'm definitely an artist at heart. So being hired by a label to produce and write another artist's music, it's always tough because it's like, where is the balance between art and business, you know? Mm-hmm. And saying comes the question, you know, as you you create this art, you know, it's like we did, um, I did this thing recently where, where somebody did this, this TikTok video and it was like, oh, Uh, like you got it you guys should check out this new song with the guitar player from head from corn you know whatever and people were just hating on it they just like like oh this is the worst shit we've ever heard in our life you know and I'm just like once again that comes back to that's our art like head and I spent like hundreds of thousands of hours in our lives like putting together stuff that we think is good is good and whether you think it's good or not, we don't really care. But also it's about just being a good person. Like, like, is it really? And I know that when as artists, we put our, ourselves out there, it's like, that's kind of what you expect is for people to be negative. And it's kind of, you have to have thick skin. Yeah. But it's like, it's just kind of like, be better humans. You know, like people are just so shitty. Like this is somebody's precious art. And like, you know, it's just, I just think it, it was just so mind blowing to me. I was just like, like why it made no sense, you know, that people are like just so negative to something that has such a positive message, but I guess it's business versus art. Yeah. And everyone wants something to complain about. Like that's just, that's the world we live in. There's, there's always something to complain about to argue about whatever it may be and everyone has an opinion and that opinion is their opinion and they're going to share it because we give people ways to do it you know it's that is uh that is what social media has given the mass masses uh access to do and it has given assholes lips (laughs) yeah basically i mean at the end of the day yeah you know, there's great people out there doing great things. There's a bunch of shitty people out there doing really shitty things. And uh, you choose what you spend your energy on. That's for sure. Right. hundred percent. And yeah, no, I mean, Steph and I, Steph and I talk about social media. I I like to talk about the social media side of things because how we get things out there media wise is, is via social media. So 
Um, you know, I think I talk about it on, I, mean, I say all of them, but most of the podcasts of like, you know, how are people wading through the waters uh, of social media to get their, their content out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to being marketing geniuses uh, like Slipknot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like the whole business model of being an artist and a label and a band has completely changed, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of people and, uh, and clients and artists coming to me and saying like, you know, to produce or write their records and, um, and like, what is the best strategy to get this out? And I'm like, honestly, I just don't think it's unless you have a million dollars, because that's basically what it takes to break a single these days. It's like, you just want to be able to drop singles every eight to 10 weeks on Spotify to, to feed their algorithm. Like that's that right there is the key. Like this is the new, this is the new world we live in. You know, it's like dropping an album, I think is probably the biggest waste of money that you can do as an artist, because I mean, honestly, like I love music. I remember when I was a kid, like, or just probably like early 2000s or maybe it was around 1996. I can't, can't quite remember, but like, um, I, I said this on another podcast earlier, but like the Alanis Morissette supposed former infatuation junkie record. When that came out, I was like sitting on my bathroom floor, like reading through the pamphlet from start to end, deciphering all lyrics. And now it's like, if somebody has an album on Spotify, by the second song, I'm like, skip. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I believe that, that, that I'm not the only one. You know, mm-hmm. I think that every single human on this earth, this earth practically, or anybody probably under the age of 35 is probably mm-hmm. in, this, in the same boat where they're, they're like, like, you know, we don't have the bandwidth or the attention span or the capacity to listen to an entire album. However, if you have a new song that's coming out every eight to 10 weeks, somebody will be interested in listening to that. It's just, it's psychology and it's tricking the algorithm. And it's just, you know, music went from being like this life-changing, amazing, beautiful, organic piece of art to this like this thing that we have to do to trick people into listening to us. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Oh, I guess my camera decided it didn't want to work anymore. Cool. Um, Put it back on. What just what just happened? All right, one sec. Hold on. Um, have to cut this out of the audio. <laughs> See if this works. Mm-mm. I'll just play a little bass riff while you go. Oh, there you go. Good. Well, I guess we're going back to the the Mac camera then. We're back. <laughs> yeah. No, I was using my my uh, my uh, DSLR camera as a webcam for the first it was, time. It was a sexy camera. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. It's super high def, but hey, I mean, it I'll- was. It looked it looked super high def. All good. I can I can deal with the 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 Mac camera, I guess. Yeah. 
Oh, um, shit. Oh yeah, algorithm, Spotify, putting music out there. So I have some, you know, friends that are uh, doing some really cool shit in the in the uh, kind of metalcore-ish industry, or I say industry uh, genre scene, and they are a band called Archetypes Collide. I I talk about them all the time because I actually basically grew up with the the lead singer. He, they're based out of Phoenix, and um, I, I feel like I know I know them. Let me see architects collide. Let me see. I think I follow them actually. Oh really? Let me see. They get confused with architects a lot. No, I know that that's a different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, How do you spell architects? Is it? it it's archi It's archetypes. A. Oh, archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Archetypes collide. Got it. Yeah, those guys are some of my best friends and doing some really cool things. Um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna check them out. You awesome. should. We, uh, they, I, yeah, I, I like the vibe already. Yeah, they have uh, I, I I'm I'm biased because I love all of their music, but they're doing some really cool things and um, you know they just brought on, I say just, but in the beginning of the year, uh, they brought on the manager uh, of Beartooth to be their manager. Oh, damn, that's yeah. awesome. Thomas Sketches, and then um, Ashi, uh, Ashi from Beartooth as well, the bassist, is also helping manage them too. Um, so awesome. they, you know, they've been going back and forth on, you know, I guess it's time to start writing an album, and but they've literally gotten to where they are by putting out basically just singles and i think okay. they did like a four or five song ep which i think is you know that's easier than an album right but i mean i don't know you're absolutely right unless this album has from start to finish every song is a banger if i get to a song where i'm like eh i may just change it right it's yeah i mean i mean there's gonna be i think it's definitely different with like new artists so like if you're a new artist like i definitely wouldn't suggest ever just like dropping a full album mm -hmm. if you're someone like adele like let's be right. honest like yeah. the whole world is waiting to hear <laughs> about your divorce like this is gonna be an amazing album which everybody can find a piece of like emotional connectivity to mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's definitely definitely different for like an Adele, an Ed Sheeran, a Taylor Swift, right? Like they're dropping albums, that's big hype, right? Like I'm 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 a huge Ed Sheeran fan. Um I also think pop artists have a lot more money behind them. Mm. And it makes I don't know, just everything everything just seems a lot like I do I don't see the same kind of hype over the new slipknot record than i see over the new adele record you know mm -hmm. so it's it's i think that that us as humans for some reason are so much more into and maybe not all of us as humans but the majority of humans are like so much more into like pop culture i guess unfortunately oh. but there's a time and place for everything right yeah no that's true uh the pop pop genre pop industry it's that is, that is just a hard industry in general to be in you know like you can be in a rock band and, and you can make it places right like 
I, I like to use Beartooth as an example because, you know, Caleb from Beartooth and then Johnny from Bill Murray, they started Attack Attack and then Attack Attack. You know, I say they were a part of Attack Attack and they went off and created their own thing. You know, Johnny made Bill Murray and then Caleb went on to create Attack uh, uh, Beartooth and Beartooth is one of the top rock bands in the scene right now. Um, they're doing fantastic. And I don't want to say it was easy, but it's not the same as, is kind of going through the pop side of things. And I'll tell you why I've, I, I interviewed a guy named Cyan two episodes ago, and, uh, he is a pop artist that he would say kind of, uh, mimics a little bit of Laney. I don't know if you've ever heard of Laney before, yep. but yeah, he, he's really, really big on the Laney kind of vibe and, he, he makes great music, but unfortunately he's just, he's stuck, right? Like he's not seeing the, 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 I guess the attention, the audience that he wants. And, uh, he's like, he's like, I think it just has to do with just being in, in the pop genre. You know, it's not yeah. very, I want to say it's not very unique. That's not what he said. It's, it's more so it's everyone's trying to be a, you know, a radio artist or um, a Laney or whoever, right? And Adele, you know, Taylor Swift. And he's like, we talked about kind of his, his struggles, right? He missed the, the, the TikTok train. And yeah. so he's just like trying to catch up, right? It's like being on top of your marketing ahead of the, ahead of, ahead of time is, you know, important, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, th I think I think also like there's there's a double like there's a flip side to that, because I feel like with social media and with TikTok and stuff like that, there are a lot of artists, I think, out there that should never have had been artists. So <laughs> I think that it's given it's given very average people that mm -hmm. people that in any other time throughout history, they should not have been. It's like you should have been, and not that cleaning toilets is, is a bad job. You know, I think that that it's a very important job. And if that's your job and you take it seriously, I think that's great. But it's, it's like people, I think, are meant to be, I, don't, I, I, I really do believe in, in the concept that you are born into something. I really mm -hmm. do. It's like you are either royal or you are like a servant you know and it's really hard to climb out of those those ways and I think that you that some people do get out from hard work and luck and preparation and chance and all of that stuff however social media has now given people a platform that are probably some of the most untalented people I've ever seen in my entire life and they just happen to be pretty and they have auto-tune you oh, know man. so I, I think I think and with and with dudes too same same yeah. thing it's like, so, so I think that there's, there's a lot of, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like, there's a lot of competition, mm -hmm. which should not be there right mm -hmm. now, you know? So it's, it, it's a weird world that we live in for sure. Well, I mean, TikTok has made a lot of people famous, tons, millions of people famous, yeah. you know? And, uh, I, when you're talking about people that shouldn't be famous, that are famous or that are musicians, uh, I go to that Dr. Phil episode where bad baby, uh, became a thing, you know, the, uh, cash me outside girl. Yeah. I, I that? I've seen that. Okay. Well, if you saw a picture of her, you'd probably recognize her, but, uh, it was this girl that was on 
on Dr. Phil and she hated her mom. I mean, it's Dr. Phil in a nutshell, right? That's who he talked to. And then he, she's, she's said some things and she's like, catch me outside. How about that? And that went viral. Like there is videos all over the place of with, with her saying that. And then <laughs> she was, she got basically famous because of that. And then led her to a record deal with, I, don't, I think it was like Atlantic, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it's now insane, she, she goes by Bad Baby and it's not good music at all, but it's marketable and it sells. And it's just like, well, there's the, there's the business side of it, right? Like the, the balance between art and, and, and business, right? And I feel like, you know, I don't know, there's, there's so many, so many musicians out there, but like, when you think about like record labels, like Columbia and Atlantic and, you know, Sony and all of them, right. Like they're looking for marketable people that are going to make them more money. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I look at, you know, Ed, like Ed Sheeran, right. Like you guys on a first name basis now, you and Ed. Oh, dude. Ken <laughs> and I go way back. Um, and you know, his humble beginnings were playing outside of Wembley on his guitar and, you know, which led to his first, you know, onstage performance and, and all that stuff. And now he's, you know, one of the number one artists in the world, but, you know, it's, it's almost like his career was taken over by the record label and he's almost at the mercy of them and what he can and can't do because it's all business. Yep. You know, it's like, when do you cross that? that threshold to where it doesn't even feel like it's for the art Mm -hmm. well I I think that's that's exactly what I I don't think I think when you sign to a major label I think you you give away your art and your soul it's -hmm. like that's basically what it is it's like it's not a good place for for an artist to be I mean unless you're in unless you're like a super pop artist because then I don't think there's a lot of soul to to the songs you know it's like you just have a bunch of producers and a bunch of songwriters writing songs for you and you sing them you know so it's like it it really is it really is a business um and yeah weird times but but again I do think that there is some hope in this that I do see I do see it coming back a lot of people are now as much as I loathe social media and it's a necessary evil for what we all do, it's like I see artists being able to take back uh, a lot of their power, mm-hmm. you know, for that. You know, there's, was it, I can't remember who it was, and I know it's controversial right now, but I think Travis Scott got mm-hmm. like his, it was a, a fortnight or something that that he got his song placed in for like a couple of million and like got himself set up and I don't know it might not have been him but it's like there's a lot of opportunity for artists out there mm-hmm. if if you if you're smart and you can still do do your own stuff. No, that's true. You know, I I mean, you mentioned Fortnite. Uh, the DJ Marshmallow, uh, he played. He straight up had a whole concert within Fortnite, wow. and it was cool. I like. I purposely got Fortnite just so I could go and watch that. Wow, that's <laughs> you know? awesome. And, and it's like, that's genius. It's, it's, a, it's a huge community. It's a huge wow, market of people, cool. you know, and kids love Marshmallow. Like yeah. it just, it fit. It was perfect, you know. Yeah. 
Um, so no, I get that. And, and you know, the flip side that you, I think you mentioned is like, it does help kind of breed, uh, artists that can be independent of a label, you know, and I've seen that happening. I've been seeing that a lot, uh, here recently, a guy that comes to mind is a guy named Tom McDonald. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's, he's a, he's a rapper. He's, uh, he's from Canada. He's white and he has no label behind him, but his videos and his songs get million, million, two, uh, uh, plays on uh, views on spotify uh and on youtube um and he's 100 independent you know everything he does is is all him That's which amazing. he and he he his thing is like his shtick is i'm a controversial rapper and i'm gonna rap about what i want because no one can tell me not to rap about it because i'm not on a label nice. um where you know whereas let's use eminem as example who is a very very popular uh rapper who signed to a label and had so many issues with the label because of the things he wanted to rap about. Right. And that's, that's what led to all of his issues and legal issues with all the labels that he was a part of on the up. So it's like, I look at like Tom McDonald's is doing all this shit by himself and using the, the, the powers of social media and gimmicks and all that stuff to get his stuff played. And then Eminem who had to like go through hell with a record label because he wanted to say things that was not <laughs> supposed to be said within a song. It's and, and, I mean, who's going to tell Tom McDonald that he can't sing something? No one. And that's the, that's the joy and, and uh, the, the benefit of being an independent artist. And then I think you still kind of get to keep that love for what you do, the love for your art, right? You're not selling your soul to anybody. I mean, like the, we we are pig stuff. Like that is 100% self-indulgence. Like mm-hmm. there is not, there is not one little piece of this record that is for, like, honestly, I could not give two fucks if you do not like it. Like I just, this is 100% self-indulgent. It's, I'm making music with my friends. I get to sit in this little room, which is like an eight by 10 tiny little room and make music that that absolutely makes my entire, every single like molecule in my body like happy and you know it's like sure I'm putting it out there so people are either gonna love it or hate it and whatever but honestly it's like the the, it's so nice to make art just because I've been so involved in the machine you know Mm -hmm. it's uh it's so nice to make art that is exactly that it's like I don't care if it's not perfect because it's how I intended it to be Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just, it's so nice not to have anybody else kind of hovering over and saying, oh, this is how this should be. Or So it's just, it really is that super self-indulgent and, and art. So yay for artists that are able to put their art out. And, and I think it's very brave, you know, because it, people are unkind and, and they say shitty things, but you know what, at the end of the day, who cares? Right. Like, honestly, who cares? Well, I mean, that's the thing. People, people have a, I mean, we all go through it at some point in our lives, the insecurity of what people think about us and the things that we do. I, I mean, I struggled with that. Uh, I struggled with that throughout high school, going into college. And then, you know, I still sometimes do struggle with that. Like, I'm like, Hey, is my hair okay today? Like, uh, is this outfit? Okay. Like, you know, yeah. like that. Right. You know, but when it comes to like my art, right. I have, you know, I have a guitar on the wall here. I got another one over here. 
uh, I used to, you know, pop out a, a mic and start singing and, and I still love to pick up the guitar and sing, but um, yeah. I used to put things out there and it's, it comes down to, in my opinion, it, it, people, people struggle with that and have that insecurity because if, if people aren't liking it on social media, if they're not commenting, if they're not giving it attention, um, that's where those insecurities and in people and artists and musicians really, I feel like come out, right? It's, oh, you think that they don't, no one likes it. It's no one's interacting with it. Um, and then that, that kind of spirals you into this, this kind of, I don't know, mental dilemma of should I keep doing this, you know? Yeah, which again, it's like, why do we do that to ourselves? Like how dumb, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, why are we slaves to this? Like it really, it, it, I always just think about like the bigger picture. I'm just like, you know, that there are literally people starving like somewhere right now where they have no electricity, no running water, like they have not eaten for days. And here we are like wondering around what people think about this. It's like, it just, it really has to like, I really do like to keep myself in check like that. Cause I'm like, at the end of the day, like this does not matter. All of this is, is it, it doesn't mean anything, you know? Hopefully we're putting some good positive energy into the world, you know? Cause I think that's important, but oh my gosh, like why do we care so much? You know, it's like, we should be caring about our oceans. We should be caring about people starving. We should be caring about our neighbors, you know? So it just, it, it really is crazy. I, th- I think there's a level to that where people want to make a lot of money. People want to be yeah. rich. People yeah. follow this fantasy of look at, you know, look at all these TikTok uh, viral people. Look at Drake. Let's, you know, Drake in the hip hop community. Everyone wants to be like Drake, right? People are chasing a vision of what they think they can be. But they're not, it's it's sometimes either not willing to accept that it takes a lot of work to get there. Um, You know, you don't make money out the gate, right? People want to make money. And when they feel like their art isn't able to produce an income for them, then they, you know, they get stopped in their tracks and, you know, but it's everyone's chasing this, this fame. That's, I think that's what's happening. People want fame, people want money. And the people that have the spotlight on them are the people with fame and people with money, you know, and that's what people try to be like. And it's, it's a spiral. I mean, it's a game. It's, it's a game at the end of the day, you know, um, squid games, dude, it's it's totally squid games. That's, that's what is up that, that show was just like, oh my God. For some reason it had such a huge effect on me. I was like, I watched it super late. Everyone would be talking about it for months and I was like, oh, Okay, let me just watch this stupid thing. And I was like, holy shit, you know, it's exactly like it just the metaphor for is exactly like we're chasing this thing that that just doesn't exist, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not going to make us happy. And like, look what we are doing to the person next to us in order to be able to achieve this. And there's this quote that I, lo- I, I love to remind myself with all the time. It's, it says like, some people are so poor, all they have is money. And like, like that for me is something I live my life by every, every day. It's like, you know, I, the, I've been in this 
this game for so long and it's like i you know it's like money is is not a something that i've ever like fallen into i just it hasn't been in my cards you know that i've just made a shit ton of money from music i'm still in the struggling artist role you know and and it's it's but but i'm happy you know and i think that that's something does money make life easier yes mm-hmm. absolutely but does it make you happier no because i know I work with a lot of extremely, extremely wealthy people. And I would say they're some of the most miserable people I've ever met, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, so I think that there's a fine, fine balance and, and hopefully, hopefully I'm not sounding like too preachy here. But no, yeah. not at all. I, <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's true. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think everyone has that mentality that if they have a lot more money then you know, they'll be happier. And shoot, I mean, as someone that works in corporate America, um, I I would say I experienced that, right? Like, I just started a new job last week. And uh, it is for more money. And that's great, right? Uh, But I'm, I'm trying to actively not think that because I am making more money, that it's just going to ultimately make me happier, because that's just a paycheck. But what happens in my life, the physical things, the emotional things that happen in my life is what determines if I'm happy or not, you know, and doing things like this interviews and talking to people I've never met in my life is just super cool. Am I making money off this interview? Absolutely not. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, it's enjoyable. And that's, that's where the happiness in my opinion comes from. It's just doing doing things you enjoy when you, when you were talking about going in a studio and just writing music, creating your art for yourself, you're the happiest that you know you can be because you're doing what you enjoy and uh yeah no it's true and and people get so wrapped up in the i need to make more money i'm you know i'm poor or you know don't have enough and it's like you got a poor mindset like your mindset's poor because you're convincing yourself that if you have this then you'd be happy and i mean i can understand why it's easy to fall into that trap totally especially in 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 the creative world right Mm -hmm. creatives i feel like are some of the most exploited people in the world because they're taken advantage of they're you know uh put into situations where it's you know well i can make 200 bucks doing this or i can do this and uh it'll lead to that and you know i don't know i feel like people where am i trying to go with this are just crawling like I, i i like there's also not a like a form of measurement in which you can like measure somebody's success in in art I mean sure it's like you you know it's like I, I I often have to step back and remind myself that like even though hey man would I like to win a Grammy absolutely you know would I like to uh, you know, produce some of the, you know, the next Slipknot record. Absolutely. You know, there's all these things that, that I, I want to achieve in my life, but we also have to like, if I look at the things that I've, I have done over my life coming from, you know, I've had like several number one hits, like coming from South Africa, I managed to get myself to America and be in the room with some of the biggest artists in the world. Like I can call upon Billy Colgan and hear from Korn and all of these people and they want to make music with me, you know? And even though they, they aren't 
accolades to like they aren't I don't quite know how to say this, but it's like there isn't a, a barometer, you know, in which to say like, oh, wow, you got you got like this great achievement in the music industry because they aren't there. Like the Grammys, like that's not even a thing. That's pay to play. Like, you know, that's how it works. It's like the Grammys are a load of bullshit in real life. You know, it's like it's you have to pay like forty thousand dollars to be considered to be considered you know so it's just there's there's all sorts of like weird little things where it's like we're just so hard on ourselves and sometimes we need to like pat ourselves on the back and go like hey James you know like I I did okay I've, I've actually accomplished so much and I'm proud of what I've done and I can't keep comparing myself to everybody else because like you know I'm doing so great to where I am right now and tomorrow's a new day right and right. I think that's how artists need to be because it's like, that's what art's about, right? It's like, and obviously everything is a derivative of something, you know, like I, I don't, I don't feel like there's anything original anymore, honestly, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's everything is, is derived from some other great hit that's already been or a band that they loved or somebody that's so like a piece of their DNA, but you know, it's, it's, that's your art. And mm-hmm. it's there for you to be proud of. And, and that in itself is a success. Right. And 100% on all of that. And what's, what you said about there's no measurement for success. You define what success is in your life. If it's having a lot of money and you get a lot of money, that's your definition of success. Right. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's how I've always looked at it. And I've, for the longest time, you know, and I, I tried to, for me personally, and just my career, right? Like I work in corporate America, right? This is something I love to do on the side and it's fun. And I get to talk and interact with people and put cool music out there and, and share it with the world. But when I look at just my life and where I'm at, it's like, I do ask myself, am I happy with where I'm at? Right. If I'm not, I try to do something about it. Right. And, and take some sort of action to, to fix whatever it is I'm not happy about. Um, but in, in, in the, in the creative world, sometimes I feel like what you got is what you got. Like yeah. you, you, you have so much knowledge, you can learn more, right? Uh, it's easy to just plateau and, and feel like you're not learning more. Right. Um, there's, there's that struggle, right? When I, I used to, uh, you know, I, I say I used to, but I pick up the guitar every now and then play, but for a while there, I was trying to really take it somewhere and and record and it's like I don't know how to do this but then I like my mental block is like I don't convince myself I need to actually learn how to do you know this chord progression or learn this uh other key or whatever it may be right um and I don't know why we do that to ourselves like why do we why do we create those mental blocks for ourselves and it's just you know it's just it happens you know it's it's not it's not easy to just get past that because you do it to yourself. <laughs> no one's doing totally. it to you. Right. Totally. Yeah. No, it's ah, the music industry is, is, is massive and it's really easy to feel like you're a fish in the ocean. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I, you know, I, 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 I'm sure you probably felt like that at, at some point. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm really grateful for 
to Steph for putting us together and that uh, that you got to learn a little bit a, a new band or about my project and we got to hang out and chat uh this is this is what it's all about it's so cool even though we're like drops in the ocean we found each other right no yeah if it wasn't for Steph Steph yeah and at the beginning of this we talked about just good people connecting with other good people and then those good people you know connecting us with other good people right there's there's tons of great people in the, in the industry that are doing some really cool things uh whether it be on the publication side, like we are, or on the music side, like y'all are. Um, there's good people out there and, you know, finding them is what helps kind of make stuff like this happen. And, you know, shout out to Steph uh, for, yeah, for giving, giving us that opportunity. You know, I, 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 you know, you mentioned a few times that um, you and uh, uh, Brian from, from Corn, uh, you know, collabed on kids. And I, I am curious kind of how, that kind of came to be if you don't mind me asking um because i i I grew up listening to corn like i started listening to corn when i was in like first grade i probably shouldn't have been listening to corn in first grade (laughs) but um i i talked with steph about this for a little bit as well but they have been a band to me that has been had a big influence on my kind of musical preferences and and what i enjoy and you have that kind of grit that sound that you know they kind of uh have in a sense that i would say allowed me to kind of see the resemblance and why you and, and Brian may, you know, may have have collabed. So I'm, I am a little interested in that. Well, I, I'm a huge love and death fan, mm-hmm. uh, which is Brian's other band. Right. I'm a much bigger love and death fan than I am of Korn. And uh, growing up in the church, I was only allowed to listen to Christian bands. <laughs> so love and death was one of the, the bands that, that, I was allowed to listen to um so definitely formative for me and then when I was hired to produce the new Grey Days well the first Grey Days record which is the album Chester Bennington was working on just before he passed uh I met Brian there and him and I just had an instant connection and we both we both had like horror stories from the church um and so that was kind of our our big kind of connection right there and um and then you know during the pandemic I mean we'd never spoken about you know collaborating outside on the outside of the songs that we worked together for gray days but during the pandemic I just hit him up and I said hey man like I've got this idea I don't know if you've ever watched uh the HBO show Euphoria with Zendaya and I was like, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's like, it's the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's like, every, everybody like under the age of 20 is just like, I'm like, what is going on in the world? Like kids have a whole different set of problems than what we have growing up, you know? And I'm like, I don't consider us old in any way, shape or form, but I was just like, you know, we have a responsibility to be positive and reach out to our youth and let them know that that you know things are are gonna get better because you know we even though maybe we didn't have social media like how it is now for kids growing up and like like sex and social media wasn't a form of currency which it is now I feel 
um you know it's like we we got through our problems through music and like surrounding ourselves with with positive people and um so I, I just, I hit up Brian and I was like, here's the idea. You know, I'm like, the kids aren't all right. I'm like, they they so fucked. I don't know what's going on in the world. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, well, you know, I don't want to put that kind of a message into the universe. It needs to be the kids are all right, you know. So we 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 kind of went back and forth and collaborating. We we wrote the song over Zoom like this. Oh, that's cool. So um, so it was it was really cool. And then he brought in um Jr., who's the guitar player for Love and Death. He's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, and and I'd already had a guitar part written, and I'd say, and so he, I I just said to him, just take the guitar the guitars out and rewrite all the guitar parts. And I mean, it's the song went from like a you know five out of ten to like a twelve out of ten with the with the guitars that Jr. put on. And uh, we're really proud of it. We love how it turned out. It's just something very unique, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I I work in so many different genres, and it was metal and I wouldn't say hard rock because I don't really like hard rock but like like metal is and new metal is my thing like and that's what I grew up on and I'm I love it and you know I work with a lot of pop and hip-hop and artists so I was like I'm producing stuff like this every day um why not put a more new metal-y kind of spin on it but with like really sneaker pimps type melodies like 90s vocal hooks you know Mm -hmm. just just bring that pop element I guess to to a metal song make it more palatable and accessible to kids I guess you know because that's kind of sonically what people are listening to when they listen to hip-hop yeah. So it, it was just us trying to, we're just having fun. Yeah. You know, like we're just making music with our buddies during a pandemic over Zoom. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was exactly how it went down. <laughs> That's cool. I feel like a lot of stuff like that happened over Zoom for a bunch of people, artists. Um, I, I think really, I think who took the most advantage of the pandemic was Travis Barker. So what he's... Jeez, dude what he's doing i he's creating his own genre like he's ta- he's i say creating but he's taking like two genres like the punk the the kind of kind of rockish you know uh almost like green day feel in a sense and mixing it with hip hop and it's just booming I, I i love it i am all about it every artist that he's promoting i'm like this is great there's yeah. a guy named jaden that he he has signed to his label he just signed Avril Lavigne to his label. Like, that's so cool. I, I think what Travis, I think what Travis Barker's doing right now, I think it's something to watch. It's uh, very exciting to see what he's doing and how relevant he's made himself again. <laughs> yeah, totally. It helps to have, helps to have a shit ton of money and, mm-hmm. you know, and a, a massive band behind you. So it's like, he's, he's smart that he's, he's uh, scooping up all of these younger kids um you know and he and he has two young kids himself so he gets to kind of learn from Mm. from what they're doing right right no i mean marketing uh he's also doing a really good job as well yeah it's amazing yeah 100 100 well that's cool i i I thought that was cool when i saw you guys did that collab together you know just kind of you know i 
again, Corn was an influential person, a band in my life. And, um, you know, I, I love what, what Brian is all about now. You know, he's, I, I've been following him on socials for a while. And, you know, I, I, I will say I'm, I'm kind of the same, same way when it comes to, I don't believe in an organized religion. I don't really know what I believe. I, I don't really believe in much other than I just, I just believe in myself kind of yeah. thing, you know? Um, so I, I kind of lost that pretty, uh, pretty, pretty early in college. I was like, what is this really all about? You know, like anyways. So, uh, when I saw that, you know, Brian kind of made his transition and, and stuff, I, I thought it was interesting, but I, I, he's been posting some things of like, you know, here's my like, uh, what, like Sunday service or whatever. And, uh, he'll just sit by his fire and he'll be like, so this is what I'm reading right now. And then this is how I see this. And I think that's cool. Like it's his perspective, right? The Bible is all perspectives of other people. Right. Uh, and, and so his, per- I just, I really enjoy and, and, you know, enjoy listening to his perspective on things. And yeah. I don't know, it, it, he's a cool guy. And that's cool that you guys were able to do that. He, together. he really is like, you know, in the, in the grand scheme universe of things, you know, it's like, I am absolutely nobody. <laughs> you know, it's like, he did not have to mm. like respond to a text message. He did not have to pick up a call he did not have to you know say like let's do a song Mm -hmm. you know it's like so I just feel it's just such a testament to who he is as a human and what he's been through because I think he was a real asshole back in the day to be honest like from what I can tell and I think like he's really had he's like he's gone through a lot and 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 it really does show he's he he is absolutely like hands down like the most beautiful man I've ever met like he's just like when you meet somebody that it's just like you are an equal to me Mm -hmm. and like there's like no weirdness you know it's just like I just want to hang out and and know about you and be completely present yeah 100% like cool dude yeah if I ever get the opportunity to meet him one day uh that'd be really cool but you know whenever that day comes (laughs) it'll come um maybe i can interview him uh sometime that'd be sweet <laughs> holy man uh, we'll figure it out yeah well that's cool i'm uh I, I've, I've enjoyed this this has been cool and i i hope uh you feel the same it's been neat to kind of see your perspective on things and yeah, so- thank social you, media thank you so much I've, I've really enjoyed hanging out with you mm-hmm. and um i hope you have a good thanksgiving tomorrow you as well if you're if you're, if you're celebrating uh we are gonna be eating a ton of food so that will be exciting um I'm just being in my pajamas all day and watching movies and doing nothing i haven't had a day off in like a year so i'm in i'm enjoying i'm looking forward to having a day off well there you go well how we like to end these uh these podcast episodes is uh by asking two questions uh the first one is do you want to tell anybody that will hopefully listen to this uh, anything about the band, about what you guys are working on, what maybe people can expect if that's public knowledge and uh, kind of your last kind of two cents on We Are Pigs and maybe, you know, a little bit of uh, news or anything. Well, uh, December is very exciting because we are about to announce that mm-hmm. 
Terry Corso from the band Alien Ant Farm is the official guitar player for We Are Pigs. He has joined the band and uh, we are hitting the road next year. We'll be touring all over the States and Europe um, and we are releasing the single probably around the 17th of December. It could be the, it could be the week after, um, but it's a song that Terry and I wrote called Anorectic. And so we're gonna go into the new year announcing um, We Are Pigs and, and Terry, we're, a, we're now a, a band. And uh, yeah, go follow us on socials at We Are Pigs Band for pretty much everything, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. And hopefully we will see you in a city near you soon. Cannot wait! Dallas is on that uh that oh, dude, it's happening hell yeah well you're gonna have to keep me posted because I will more than gladly come out and snap some photos uh because that's what I love to do as well uh, I would be so honored that would be so cool man thank you yeah absolutely I will keep a lookout for uh for that announcement and keep that date on my calendar whenever I see it oh, um Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that exciting news. And then the second and last question is, well, there's a part A and a part B. Part A, do you drink coffee? Absolutely. Okay. And then the second question is, how do you like your coffee? Coffee with uh, almond milk, no sugar. Okay. That we have not gotten that one. Uh, we've, got, we've gotten a lot of We've gotten a lot of, I like my coffee black and that's it. Uh, I've, I've gotten, I like my coffee, half coffee, half creamer. Uh, but we have not gotten that one yet. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm a sweet tooth. So I put a lot of creamer in my sugar or creamer in my coffee. <laughs> to basically make it taste like sugar because I really can't stand the taste of coffee. <laughs> but I like the effects. And you know what the weird thing is? Like, I don't know if it's like an American thing or whatever, but it's like, I love Folgers coffee. And everyone's always like, always like, ew. Like, that's just that they like, ooh, low brand, like low brow brand. And I'm like, dude, Folgers is like the greatest tasting coffee ever. It's, it gives me like, it's bold and it's like fragrant and aromatic and like all the things and it makes me feel how coffee should make me feel like mm -hmm. so whatever shout out to Folgers <laughs> uh, it's, because, it's because Starbucks Starbucks is suppressing all of the other coffee brands that's why but I you know what I, I think my family grew up on Folgers too honestly I haven't had Folgers in I don't even know how long I uh, like it dude you know what I'm gonna go out and get me some Folgers the next time I'm buying coffee just because of this conversation and I will let you DM me and let me know because I don't know if I'm crazy but it's like I have put like the taste test like gone through like the Lavazza and like all the Italian coffee and everything and I'm like nope Folgers wins for me that's awesome I, I <laughs> yeah next time I go shopping I will I will send you a picture of the Folgers in my hand yeah, and uh, <laughs> then the next cup of coffee I have will be Folgers so that's awesome well, SJ, thank you so much uh, for jumping on. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed this and uh, good luck on this next month and uh, the uh, awesome announcements and the tour. I'm sure maybe potentially once that tour ends, we can maybe jump on again and uh, talk a little bit more. 
I can't wait. Well, maybe we'll get Head or Terry from Ant Farm on with us next time. That'll be awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you hey. so much. This has been a privilege to chat with you and we will keep in touch. All right. Sounds good. SJ, you have a great rest of your night and uh, rock on. You too, buddy. Bye. Bye.